0: Hi, my name is Ali Sternberg. Welcome back to Crossing Paths, a podcast coming to you from Madrid, Spain, which is where I just moved to in February from New York City, along with my wife and our mini poodle. We're here because my wife is attending culinary school, and this podcast is an opportunity for me to do something I really enjoy, which is meeting other people from all walks of life who are also living away from home, away from their cultures, away from their norms, if you listen to this podcast before, you'll know that this isn't my first time living abroad. When I moved to Santiago, Chile, I was a bright-eyed 23-year-old. I taught English at a technical university, which was mostly fun, but also challenging, uh, especially when I got saddled with the after-work construction crew of all men over 40, who definitely didn't take me seriously at first. They were very funny guys, though, and they tried to bribe me with some bottles of wine along the way, which I think they were joking. I'll leave it up to you if I took those uh, bribes or not. But I also had my hardworking 20-year-old computer engineer nerds to balance things out. They were very serious, very hardworking, probably easier to manage as I was older, albeit slightly older than them. Uh, I will say though that the whole experience was life-changing for me. It was my first time ever in South America uh, my Spanish was definitely not up to par at first, I don't think I spoke to anybody for the first few months, uh, but I ended up making lifelong friends with gringos and Chileans, uh, my wife being one of those Chileans, and it taught me how to jump into the unknown and really figure things out. Not surprisingly, a lot of foreigners come to Madrid to teach English, at least at first. My guest in today's episode, Natalie Danza, moved to Madrid seven years ago, also originally to do just that, teach English. She comes from a dance background, though, and over the course of time, was accepted into a well-known ballet conservatoire at the age of 25, which I found out is essentially a grandmother or great-grandmother in the ballet world. Uh, And from there, developed an upwards of 24,000-person following on Instagram, an equally large YouTube presence, and not to mention found true love, so not bad for seven years. The cool part for me about this episode is that Natalie takes me on the full journey from the moment the idea of Spain conceptualized in her mind to where we are now with her life and business. We talk about how she got past all the bumps, doubts, frustrations that happened along the way. And it was honestly awesome to to hear that full arc of the last seven years. So I hope you enjoy as well. From just a small little Facebook update I got the other day, it looks like you just got engaged.
1: Yes, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And
0: you just finished uh, working on your website. Yes. Which is also a huge professional, big-time accomplishment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish it was, like, finished, but it's launched, at least. Okay. Well, yeah, it's
0: probably a never-ending <laughs> never exactly. process. exactly.
1: That's a thing. But
0: it's there, and it's, it's launched, and you feel yeah, good about it. Yeah, it's out
1: there in the world.
0: Cool. <laughs> when, when did you uh, originally move to Spain?
1: So, I moved to Spain originally seven years ago. That's when I properly moved to Spain. Okay. I first came to Spain, like not on holiday, yeah. but to study my TEFL, which is the English teacher qualification. Yeah. Um, and I did that in Barcelona. So that was like okay. five weeks. So, you know, it's not really living here, but it's also not a holiday. So that right. was my first taste like of intermediary like, step yeah, between, something in yeah. the middle. Um, so that was my first experience of like being in Spain for a longer time. And then straight from there, I actually got a job teaching in an English summer camp, which was fun. But there was something about Barcelona which didn't quite fit with yeah. me and what I wanted to do and my personality. So anyway, I after that, it was an amazing experience. But after that, I went back to London and studied my master's for a year and then worked in London for another year. And then I still had this thing about Spain in my head. Yeah. And I was like, this is not done. Like, I know that there's, there's something there. And I don't know why. I just had this idea about Madrid in my head, even though I'd never been there. I'd been to other places in Spain. I'd been to, like, Valencia and, you know, the kind of typical places. Yeah. Um... But Madrid was somewhere that I hadn't ever been, and I just had this feeling that like, I think Madrid's gonna be it. I asked my best friend at the time who I was living with, like, please can we go on holiday to Madrid? Because before I moved that, I would just like to go once, you know, (laughs) for a few days. Um, So we literally like booked that a couple of weeks before, came here, I fell absolutely in love with Madrid. Yeah. Went back, handed in my notice to my job, and then um, like literally was applying for jobs as soon as I got back. That week or something. Yeah, and luckily, because I told you, I already had my TEFL qualification, right. so I was already qualified to be teaching English and stuff, so it all kind of worked out. But, you know, people thought I was crazy at the time, because I was just, like, upping and, you know, leaving a good job in the city to go and move to Spain, where I was going to be an English teacher, which was, like, ha- like half of what I was getting paid.
0: You weren't teaching English in, I wasn't teaching in the English UK, there, yeah. yeah,
1: no. So everyone was like, that's crazy. Also, I didn't speak Spanish really I had done a few classes and like obviously as soon as I got back I was like let me get myself into some Spanish classes ASAP (laughs) so I did like do a few classes but yeah it was I don't know maybe like six weeks or four yeah like four to six weeks after I came back from holiday that I moved here oh wow um, So it happened
0: very very quickly yeah
1: it happened super quickly I got a job and so I arrived here with my massive suitcase yeah. no apartment yeah. but I had a job so I it's a
0: good first step yeah
1: so I went straight into um, like a hostel 11 euros a night or something you know one of those where you're in a room with other people yeah six
0: bunk beds or something exactly (laughs) yeah
1: so I was in there and then obviously usually people who are in there are traveling or they're on holiday or whatever and I was getting up and putting on like you know kind of like business business stuff because I was teaching English in businesses at that point Um, so it was just hilarious like just living this like crazy weird life (laughs) of doing that while I was also um, hunting like flat hunting um, and yeah it just like it all went from there so I found myself a flat had my job found myself a salsa class for people who don't know like I'm a dancer yeah I like that was my degree um so for me like just finding dance of whatever style it is that's me like okay I'm home now because dance, that's
0: you're setting up your roots like exactly. I have a job I have a house and I have a, I have I have a dance a, class dance, exactly
1: yeah. and it's one of those things because dance is the same in every country like even if you don't understand the language, you can still follow... Right, you follow steps. You can steps. copy the movement, yeah. and so you're all good. So that was something that made it feel like home very yeah. quickly.
0: When you came to Barcelona that, that first time to do mm. the TEFL course, in your head at that point, were you like, I'm doing this so that I can live in a place like Spain, or was it just yeah. something to, to, to change?
1: Yes, that was, that was my original idea.
0: So you found yourself in Madrid, and you're teaching English... Uh, what was that first, I guess, year like?
1: Oh, the first year, yeah. It's so funny, like trying to think back now, because I know Madrid so well now, Not and sure, I yeah. and I speak fluent Spanish. I still make mistakes. Yeah, but, but who,
0: everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, so, I don't, yeah. you
1: know, I don't have any problems communicating. But just trying to think back to that first year, it was some of the biggest highs and lows, I uh-huh. think, of my life. But definitely more highs. There were obviously first when I arrived so also it depends when you arrive. so I arrived in September so it was still like gorgeous weather like sunny I don't know like such a nice vibe people eating out on the terrazas and all that kind of thing and I was just like I'm living my dream life yeah Yeah. this is amazing Um, and then so you're I, I guess I was kind of in that honeymoon period for like a few months and then obviously winter creeps in probably around December of that year so I'd been in Madrid for like three months I was teaching everything was kind of a bit more stable at that point but I still didn't speak good Spanish and I remember having a few days where I was like god this is really hard like I miss my friends I miss my family I miss not being able to communicate with people I think above all that was the biggest frustration because I felt like in some ways I couldn't really be myself and people didn't know um, like I had some friends who were Eng- like either English or American. They were great, and they kept me sane. I'm so grateful for all of them. Um, two of them are still like two of my best friends in the world now, who I met that year. But yeah, there were definitely times where I was like, this is so hard, and it's so frustrating not being able to really communicate with people here and get to know people on a deeper level. Um, and just you kind of are living somehow superficially I think if you don't speak the language like you can you can get on and you can Goodbye. like really enjoy things and you can have your group of people who aren't Spanish or whatever um, but I think when you want to get a bit deeper and especially because I wanted to stay it wasn't right. it wasn't a year thing. for me I had this idea of like you know I want to really get into the Spanish culture and really experience what it's like to to properly like be here right
0: you're trying to establish yourself uh, not just for a year but for a long term and and really have those types of real friends and who exactly. really know you and yeah and, you know, I think it's hard when you Uh, when language is difficult because your vocabulary is limited and so people only know you for kind of short sentences that have very specific words and no synonyms so like you're really saying a lot of the same things over and over again. I've had that experience before yeah
1: and I think mainly as well at the beginning the most frustrating thing was not really being able to be at all funny like I'm not I'm not really a funny person but when you have command of a language, like, you know, you can turn a phrase or, you know, use it in, um, or even like um, in
0: context, you say something, you're an observation or something like that. Yeah, something exactly. Happens, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I was like, Oh, I, I feel like I'm not really been able to express myself. So that was um, challenging. And then the whole weather thing, like during winter, there were times where I was like, well, I'm here, but it's the same weather, like right now in the UK. Yeah, and I yeah. could be, you know, with my friends or my family beside like a fireplace in a coast. Thing. So I think that was something the first winter that I hadn't like mentally prepared myself for. As yeah. I said, I didn't know how harsh the winters in Madrid were going to be, um, especially at night. And so I missed the coziness. Yeah. Because that's something that Spain doesn't really do as much, But perhaps in the north. Yeah. Because um, it is colder there, but you know, there's no carpets here. Right, there's yeah. no, you know, fireplaces. There's not really that same like upholstery of like, you know, the cozy feeling, yeah, cozy couch and everything, because I mean, they have to be prepared for summer. You can't have right. all of that kind of coziness when it's 40 degrees. So I, I completely understand why. Um, but that was something that I missed like around December and like leading up to Christmas. So how
0: did you kind of get over the, the hump of like missing people and
1: part of it is you just have to keep going like there's always going to be hard hard moments and everything and i think the main thing is like don't give up i definitely had in my head like there's no way i'm even going to consider moving back or doing anything else until i've been here for a whole year by the end of my first year my spanish had started to get better Uh and then i'd also changed um to a different english teaching company where i just felt a little bit more appreciated yeah um and it, they didn't pay better, but it was just much better working conditions, and yeah. And I, I had also moved flats. I moved flats five times in my, oh first my God day,
0: which is a bit well, you got crazy. To know you. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so
1: yeah, and uh, literally in like different areas as well. Um, and by the end, I was living in a flat with five Spanish people, which was my oh, idea because yeah. I was like, I need to live. I was living with other Spaniards, but they were all working all the time, so I didn't get a chance to socialize no. with them. But in this flat. Um, which is in ways which is also quite near the centre. Yeah, I did, and so I started to feel like I was getting into it, and I had like Spanish friends, and I was I don't know, I just started. You were immersed more. Yeah, yeah, like this is this is where I want to be. This is amazing, um, and at that point I was teaching in Cambridge Institute, which is in Plata, Plata España, one yeah. of the like main places in Madrid, and again, like they don't pay that well, but it's just such a nice atmosphere to work out there. The students are great. Um, and I remember one evening, I think it must've been like in May, um, coming out of there and it was, I think like 9.30, the sun was setting. It was like so hot and I just remember this night, so specifically in my head, just walking back to my apartment because I live like, quite close and just being like I am so lucky and I was like I love my life Uh, I love my life like best decision ever to move to Spain because I was just like this is where I want to be this is what I want to be doing so yeah that was like a really a really nice moment and then at the end of that year I met my now fiance fiance. (laughs) so things like changed they they changed quite a lot when I met him just because um, our relationship like moved quite quickly but also yeah. that was when I really started to speak Spanish
0: you met pretty early on in your in your time here then yeah
1: a year wow. yeah it was not in my plans at all yeah. I was so <laughs> happy like being single going out with my girls and like experiencing Madrid and meeting you know Spanish guys and whatever like I was yeah. having a great time but um, when you meet the one, yeah. you can't really say no. Yeah. I tried to, but I just couldn't stay <laughs> away. So <laughs> that's when you know it's something good. <laughs> that's when you know something Yeah, something good is happening.
0: Yeah. So you met him. He's from Spain, obviously. He's
1: in Madaleno, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I ended up moving in with him after like six months. A lot of people said it was absolutely crazy, but yeah. after so many people had said it's crazy that I moved in Spain without You're, knowing anyone, I was like, I don't care anymore. That that just, your comments, yeah, just yeah. doing crazy things. Now they seem to be working out. So yeah. So then that really felt. Then I'm in right. Madrid. I'm living like the mm-hmm. Madrid life, and my Spanish got much better. And then from then, I was able to kind of. Realign back into the dance thing because Ah, now that I was yeah now that I was able to speak Spanish better I could kind of get more back into that so that was the door for that
0: It it sounds very much like there's a huge turning point where like this is not a transitory or or temporary thing But This is a really something that I can put all all my feeling into yeah How did you get back into... In what way did you get back into dance?
1: Oh, well, this is a big story. And this story leads me to where I am now in the job that I'm doing now. So as I told you, when I first arrived, I found a salsa class. So I've always Uh danced salsa. That's just like something that I enjoy and it's fun. Um, So I was looking for a new salsa class near my new flat. And it's this place called Elorno. Orno. Um, and they basically have loads and loads of different types of classes. So I uh-huh. found them through looking for a salsa class. Oh, but nice. they also had bachata. They also had samba, which I also used to dance. So I went there and started doing those classes. And then I saw also that they had ballet. I hadn't danced ballet since I was nine, really. Okay. Like, properly. Like, you know, consistently. Irre- I dipped in and out a little bit. But um, I just decided that I was going to go to a ballet class. So I was... At this point, I was... 26 I think yes 26 um so I was like this might be a bit crazy and a bit like definitely out of my comfort zone because especially when you're when you identify as something like because I'm a dancer Uh and then you put yourself in a position where this is kind of the area that you you identify in but you're not good at it Uh (laughs) that was really me being like am I really going to do this um but that specific dance school is very like open and oh, they're not judgmental at all and it's quite you know everybody just goes and has a go and it's fun so I was like this is the perfect environment to do it in if I'm gonna do it so anyway I started some ballet classes got absolutely addicted yeah. ended up going like five or six times a week it was crazy oh wow. really you did? yeah yeah I think the thing is that there they have this thing called All You Can Dance. Uh-huh. So you just pay monthly and you can go to as many classes as you want. Oh,
0: that's great. That's
1: amazing. So I was like, I'm going to do everything. Um, and in the end, Ballet like took over all the other things that I was doing. Um, and by the end of that year, my teacher, who had studied at one of the conservatories in Madrid, had told me, like, Natalie, if you want to... I reckon you should do the audition for one of the conservatoires. And he put that idea in my head in like April. And I just said to him, I don't know. I think that's a bit crazy. Like I'm too old. And (laughs) this is, I don't know. I just was like, right. It's another part of your life.
0: Perhaps you're like,
1: exactly. I'm like, is this what, is this what I'm doing now? I was like, but in the end I was just loving dancing ballet so much that I just decided to go for the audition anyway, if nothing else, it would have been like an experience. Yeah. But I ended up getting in. Oh, no, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so then I was... I got into second year at the Conservatorio Profesional Comandante Fortea, which is, I think there are three public conservatories in Madrid. That's Seems one like, of congratulations. them. Congratulations. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, it was really crazy. So then I did that for a year, and it was then... That I started to kind of take videos and photos, just more for myself uh-huh. to track my progress. And I just decided that I'm not going to put these on Facebook and annoy all my friends and family who like don't care about <laughs> right. ballet. Yeah. So I'll just start like a new Instagram account. So I just was like, I'm just going to put everything there for me. And at this point, Instagram was very. This was. Uh, like four or five years ago yeah, four years ago, so it was very different to what it is now, now,
0: Um,
1: and there were really only professional ballet dancers putting any videos or photos of themselves up at that Uh point. Basically, I think what happened is just some other people who were doing ballet found me, and they were like, oh my god, an adult dancer training in a conservatoire, um, and just started to follow me, and so that's kind of how... Everything grew from there.
0: Yeah, that's so that's so cool. So you were when you got into the conservatory, um, were you teaching English at the time? And you said, I, I'm yes. going to stop teaching English and fully develop myself?
1: No, I still had to teach. Okay. Yeah, I still had to teach. So luckily from second year, it's it's still not full time. It's uh-huh. just afternoons. So I would teach English in the morning, go to class for like three or four or four and a half hours, however long it was, depending on the day. Um, and then I would come out and either go home or sometimes I would have some private classes after. So it was oh, man. long yeah. days, and I was really, really tired that whole year. Like, I <laughs> imagine,
0: yeah, I imagine you're exhausted the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I look back, and I'm, I'm so like grateful to my fiance for putting up with me that year because I used to just like come back and collapse on the sofa and would yeah. to like make dinner and try and pick <laughs> me up and to put me in the shower. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a hardcore year, um, but. It was amazing. Like, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change it for anything. But I also wouldn't go back. Right, you know right. I mean? It's one of those experiences. Like, I'm so yeah. glad it's done, but it was enough. And I think, especially switching between the mindset of like working and then also being uh-huh. a student, some people do that really well. But for me, it was like a little bit challenging and and a bit tiring as well. Yeah, cause cause mentally,
0: mentally, because yeah, you have to focus on so many things and, yeah. and what you want to give your your all. So you're on Instagram, you're posting for yourself. And, and just to circle back, is it kind of unheard of for someone uh, of that age to be doing ballet? Is that why you kind of mentioned that?
1: Especially in a conservatoire. I mean, there will be a lot of conservatoires that won't even audition you if you're over like 18, for example. Oh um, so you, first is to find the ones that will, who are open-minded <laughs> enough to allow someone in their mid-20s to audition. Um, and yeah, it's very unusual uh, to train at that level Uh as an adult for sure there are adults like all over the world doing ballet classes you know they they danced when they were younger and they kind of carried on as a hobby or as yeah as a way to keep fit or you know because they love it whatever it is but to train at that intensity is very very unusual yeah you
0: just like 10 years older than the majority of the people. Absolutely. I, yeah. I was,
1: yeah. I was like 11 years older than yeah. most of the people in my class. Which
0: is, yeah, which is yeah. a whole different intensity yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my but magic. they were amazing. I'm like, sure, yeah. Oh, they were just, they were great. I mean, some of them were like, why is this old woman in my <laughs> class? But, you know, they were all just so welcoming. Yeah. So
0: you started this Instagram and it has turned now into something much bigger. Tell us a little bit about what it is now, yeah. three five years later, or however yes. long.
1: So, yeah, so the Instagram thing just, I kept on posting and people just kept on coming and it was lovely because I kind of started to get to interact with other people who were my age also dancing ballet, which I also didn't know that many people apart from the classes that I was doing before, but as I said, they were much more laid back kind of thing. Um, but I found people, you know, from other countries who were doing, not necessarily a conservatoire, but training, you know, four or five days a week uh-huh. um, and so that was amazing and I think that's one of the great things about social media is you can find people who are doing similar things uh-huh. to what you're doing in other places because sometimes it can feel a little bit like, am I the only person crazy enough to be doing this? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But then you realise you're not. Yeah. So um, yeah, like people just kept on coming and then I ended up doing, like meeting up with one of the, a girl from Hamburg who's also an adult dancer and kind of from there we were both um, we were both active and posting and I mean lots of people have added to this community but we kind of really encouraged people to like use hashtag adult ballet gang or gotcha. adult ballet community and then other people could find each other and it just it just kind of grew from there and more and more people came came on and I guess felt comfortable enough to share some of their photos and videos because especially at the beginning it was much more judgmental because as I said it was really only professionals uh-huh. and sometimes some people in the ballet world um can be quite judgmental of people who are not
0: uh-huh. at their
1: in their opinion good it's enough a little bit like yeah the, like yeah. why are you posting this it's not perfect technique why are you posting this is not good enough why are you like right. your turnouts are good enough all these things so uh, you also kind of learn to get a thick skin because uh, you're like, especially because um, I had quite a big following at this point people felt like they really could rip into me as well because oh, they're like oh she obviously thinks she's so good She's because she's got this many followers even though it has nothing to do right. with how good you think you are you know it's just
0: yeah you were building uh, like a community of, of uh, adult uh, ballet dancers from around the world
1: exactly it yeah. wasn't anything to do with you know we're not trying to become professionals and get on the stage we're not saying that we're amazing this is just us sharing our journeys yeah
0: um, how many followers did you have at that point
1: I'm trying to remember I mean it grew so quickly, I think. Maybe that year, I went from obviously like zero sure. to maybe like a thousand.
0: So, pretty big, yeah, yeah.
1: And then from there, oh, maybe like two thousand, I don't know. But and then f- over the next couple of years, I got to ten thousand, and now I'm on like 24,000.
0: Oh, yeah, huge! So, huge.
1: yeah, so now it's pretty big, and I think it's kind of I don't know if it's necessarily a saturation point but I mean that's a lot of adult ballet <laughs> yeah, so I've definitely seen it slow down over the like last kind of year and I think that um most people are on Instagram now who want to be uh-huh. um it's not yeah. kind of a new thing right so surprise yeah. it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and there are only so many people in the world dancing adult ballet um but it's just such a beautiful community like I'm so grateful to have been able to be there kind of from the beginning in terms of the social media stuff and you're on the
0: ground floor of those things yeah and being
1: able to encourage people so people would message me and be like I I, I want to dance ballet but I don't think I can like I did it when I was young and I've forgotten everything Uh and just being able to be the person to be like it's never too late like please just if there's something you want to do don't be embarrassed that you're not good at it like we can all start again yeah and you get good from there. Like there's no reason to be. It's more
0: of this, the, the supportive as opposed to the, the tear of the people down for their technique.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And that was what we were all about. And there's so many people now in this community, like so like, well, thousands thousands of people supporting each other and being positive and being helpful. And you know, it's not to say that you just say to everyone, Oh, you're amazing. You know, you can be like, um, listen this worked for me this stretch worked for me maybe it could work for you mm. so you know it's it's helpful but it is overall positive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's like you're the best and you're the best you're the best hey this is great here's a little bit something you could work on yeah. here's something that worked for me and just yeah. like sharing Yeah, that's so cool so
1: it's really nice and then I think when I left the conservatoire that was when I started my YouTube channel Okay. so this is the other part of this yeah. whole thing so I used to just get almost every single week someone asking me when did you start ballet like uh-huh. what are you doing da, da, da. and they wanted to know like the story because it was unusual so that was completely normal and I just realised I was spending so much of my time writing out this story <laughs> every week <laughs> and I was like do you know what I'm going to make a video so I can just post people the link um, that wasn't my first video I had a few before that but that was one of the ideas that I had in my head like I can share this journey or like answer people's questions right. on a platform that's um, it lends itself better to that kind of thing than Instagram. Uh Um, so yeah, so then I started my YouTube channel and it was, yeah, lovely, had like such a nice response and people I think felt closer to me, which is normal because on Instagram I'm only posting videos really of me dancing and some photos. At that point there weren't any stories either. Right, right. (laughs) So Um, yeah the YouTube thing I think people felt like they could get a little bit closer to me and me to them um, because the comment section is always very interesting on YouTube (laughs) Um, so yeah and then it just kind of started to grow from there and then there's like a uh, flipping the story. Okay. So then at this point, this is I'm just gonna take a little bit of a break from the work stuff to go back to the Spain, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to please. the Spain thing. Yeah. So I'd been in Spain now at this point for three or four years. I'm trying to think, something like that, three or four years, three maybe. And this was at the point where now I spoke Spanish. Right. I'd got over the honeymoon period of like, I love Spain, Madrid is the best thing ever, this uh-huh. city is perfect, uh-huh. da 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 da. And of course, no city in the world is perfect. Of Every course. city has its flaws yeah. and its advantages as well. Um, but I think at that point when I started to, you know, speak Spanish on a much better level, I also started to understand more things about uh-huh. politics uh-huh. and the some things that people are saying and da 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 so then I kind of was having this little moment of oh okay maybe like it's not as perfect as I thought it was um, and at the same time as that was happening um, my boyfriend was at like a change in his career he wanted to become a tennis instructor and he wanted okay. to study the LTA which is the Lawn Tennis Association in the UK which is like well uh-huh. kind of well recognized yeah, yeah. in the world um so we just did like a complete <laughs> 360 and went to that's not right 180 yeah, yeah. And I, went, was like, <laughs> I was like doesn't sound right and we went to UK for a year okay um, oh wow so you so, completely yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it, it was in my head it was only ever for a year like I knew that okay. I wanted to still be in Madrid this wasn't a like oh I'm leaving Madrid no 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 it was more right. just like let's just be realistic about this he wants to get really good at English I want to be able to work on this stuff without having to worry about x y and z in Spain uh-huh. in the UK it's just much more simple straightforward um,
0: so both of your kind of goals really made up with each other yeah but, but- for a temporary period exactly we
1: knew it was only gonna be for a year so that's what we did we went back to the uk and at that point i was able to work much more on my instagram my youtube and that's where i had i had yeah time and space to be able to focus on that and i'm so grateful for that because um i think where i am now i probably would have got there eventually but being able to focus on it more intensely for a year really helped yeah um, and that was also the year that I was able to get a contract with uh, Move Dancers, as a company that kind of sponsors me. Oh, cool. And I make content with them, which is great, oh, and cool. I love them. They're like yeah. a ballet online retailer. It's oh, so nice. cool. I love their stuff. So, yeah, I was really grateful for that. So that was kind of a year that everything got together in terms of career for both of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we were at the point of okay we're going to move back to Spain what shall we do shall we go straight back to Madrid uh-huh. or shall we try another city somewhere else yeah just for fun why not <laughs> because we were like if the, if we're going to do it it's now or never kind of thing because we knew that Madrid was where we wanted to be so as soon as we were back here that was kind of it yeah. um, so we decided that we were going to do Like just give Malaga a try. So Malaga is like around the south coast, like beautiful beach. Yeah, Andalusia. Everything is very kind of chilled and laid back and easygoing. Um, So we went there for six months, which is great. It was an awesome experience, (laughs) but we also just realized like this is not where we're meant to like live long term.
0: Yeah, sometimes those moves are really good because you go. Oh, this is not what I want. Like, it's a really great place. I love, and I love the the time that we're going to have here, but it's not what we want. That's it. It was
1: the clarity and it just became crystal clear for us that like Madrid is where we want to be. It's going to be the best of both. And
0: I think a lot of people have that types of like ups and downs. Is this the right thing for me? Should I go somewhere else? Should I come back? And it seems like it it really worked out for you. Yeah. That's so cool. Thanks. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Pleasure. As always, thanks for listening. You can find all of Natalie's social media, Instagram, YouTube, website in the show notes of the episode. Definitely do check out her videos. They're very cool. After our conversation, I thought a lot about what it means to find roots in a new city. And this is you know, definitely a theme that has come up over multiple episodes. And for me, Madrid has been a little bit harder than Chile. In Santiago, I had a group of people doing the same thing. I was part of a group of English teachers, which I think really bonds you, uh, here in Madrid, I'm, you know I'm, I'm here, and I think it takes longer uh, and more effort to develop your community when you're not already immediately placed into one. Uh, I recently started playing basketball, which is, I think my equivalent to Natalie's dancing. It's important for me to set up roots, roots to, to have uh, exercise class or sport. Uh, it's been fun so far. I'm looking forward to seeing what it adds to my experience here. Moving forward, though, on our next episode, we speak to Kevin Sully Sullivan. He's our first Giri, which is the Spain word for gringo or North American. He's been in Madrid for 10 years and just a few weeks ago took a big leap and opened a burger restaurant. So I hope you join us next time.